The Past Podcast is sponsored by SousVTools.com, the home of all your sous vide and modernist cooking equipment for both professional chef as well as all you budding home cooks. Visit SousVTools.com and enter The Pass. And I'm just going to clarify that's all one word and it's all in capitals. So enter The Pass at checkout and you'll receive an exclusive discount for all The Pass Podcast listeners. That's nice, isn't it? I guess that's something that interests me again quite we were talking about coffee earlier new to coffee and new to beer is this whole idea of like the real startups now these you know these real independent beer companies that seem to have really grown in the last couple of years to either of you really why you know do you put that down to something in particular it's people looking for uh, quality and flavour um, and then people jumping on the bandwagon as well to an extent. Um, so there's over 2,000 breweries in the UK now, more per head, I think, than any country in the world. So, um, yeah, but people are prepared to pay a little bit extra for something a bit more interesting, a bit more flavoursome. Do you think it's taken like a resurgence or do you think it's just like a bit of slow build sort of thing? Um, I think if you looked at the graph, it would be some kind of exponential graph. <laughs> so it was slow 10 or 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. Um, but we're, we're in, yeah, there's breweries opening, there's a few breweries opening every single week at the moment. Uh, maybe too many. That will be a challenge uh, in a few years as well. So we're mainly here today to talk about toast beer. And I was interested um, if we could sort of talk about kind of how, what the cons, you know, how the conception of that was, what the idea, where that kind of came from. I don't know which one who would be better to answer this one. Well, I'll start, and then maybe Christian will join in. Yeah. Um, but the the conception goes back about four thousand years or so, uh, because the earliest forms of beer uh, were made uh, from bread, and they probably weren't really like beer that we understand beer to be today. But they they fermented. Uh, the cereal that had been already been converted in the bread making process to make uh, alcohol and uh, we just um, kind of updated that um, to use uh, waste bread so is it something that people have just kind of forgotten to do or is it just was it always like a niche area of beer making or it was it became um, outdated so so why would you process your cereal to make bread and then and then make beer out of the bread so so nowadays of course we're making beer directly from from the cereals um, but what our founder um, having rediscovered this concept uh, saw an opportunity to utilize the tons and tons and tons of bread that get wasted every day 44% of all the bread that's made in the UK uh, is wasted so I want to bring you in as well Christian so I'm, I'm with Christian and Derek both from Toast Toast Ale so Christian you're the ambassador that's how we met uh, based in Yorkshire how's, how's Toast kind of being received especially in Yorkshire at the minute well so far it's still uh, sort of fairly unknown but um, it's had a really good reception uh, people are very positive it, it, particularly uh, the the independents uh, have taken well to toast and uh, slowly building building up the, the the brand up here and is it is it been quite a, a challenging process trying to establish that or has people been quite welcoming or people have have generally been 
quite welcoming because the the whole story about toast, uh, the fact that we give uh, all our profits uh, to uh, to food waste uh, charity, uh, so you, you can't help but, but being anything but positive. But having said that, uh, in Leeds, uh, where I'm based, uh, we've got quite a strong brewing scene, so there's mm. not not that much space left on the, on the shelves, and people are are very proud of uh, the, the the brew scene here. But uh, but yeah, people are are coming around. And, and buying into it, and I think that the toast has actually got the, the, the quality uh, that is sort of uh, on par with with uh, whatever else is on, on offer here in Leeds. So I suppose if you, if you do take a Leeds focus for a minute, obviously I'm not from Leeds. Christian, you're certainly obviously not from Leeds. Yeah, uh, directly from Leeds, no, Londoner. Londoner, right? Okay, so but this is true because I came to Leeds and I said so. Anything you want, and again, if you take, take beer, you know there are two really big companies based in Leeds that are, that are doing good beer, right? So do, are you having to find your little, you know, niches as, as you grow or, or, you know, can can you sort of start to compete? Uh, I, I don't think we can start to compete on uh, on volumes uh, yet. I mean, you, you mentioned two two. Uh, Big, big brewers here without uh, mentioning the names of course but I could come to think of, of four and there's, there's, there's more coming uh, but I, I'd say that, that um, we're not competing on volumes yet but uh, but um, yeah we're, we're, we're slowly uh, you know seeing some progress mm. now but what interests me I suppose and this is what makes you stand out and why I've really enjoyed it is that story and I suppose like you say to take something that's quite an old technique and then sort of bring it into the modern world. Was it was it kind of easy to look at those older recipes and older things, or did you have to sort of modernise it slightly? No, it was it was pretty easy because um, ultimately, uh, as long as the bread is relatively fresh and it's in a form uh, that we can form uh, the mash at the beginning of the brewing process, um, it's actually pretty straightforward. Uh, a lot of brewers are quite cautious because you're putting something a bit different into their beautiful, special brewing equipment uh, that they've probably paid a lot of money for. Uh, but once they've done it once or twice, um, it becomes quite a normal uh, process. So it's relatively straightforward. So can you just tell me a little bit about your background then, as because you're the brewer side. So can you talk through like, a whistle-stop tour of yeah, some sure. of the highlights? Yeah, sure. Well, I started brewing when I was 16, um, and that was only to make cheap beer. I wasn't interested in the, <laughs> in the process at all. Uh, but in a year or two, I fell in love with the process, and uh, all the kids at school knew that I was going to become a brewer. And uh, I've been brewing uh, for 40 years plus, um, initially with, with big companies, Whitbread, uh, Heineken, uh, but for the last six years, um, I've jumped on that bandwagon as well. So I'm essentially working with craft brewers uh, in the UK, um, abroad. Um, I'm microbrewing in India at the moment. Um, and this craft brewing revolution is just going everywhere throughout the world. It's the golden age of beer, I keep telling people. It must be quite interesting, the sort of different people you meet as well then, because everybody kind of coming at it from a different angle so are you kind of learning new techniques as well or are you very much the teacher um well i've learned more about hops in the last six years than i knew in the previous 30 because the big brewers are not necessarily using the most exciting hop varieties and of course there's a lot of new hop varieties that are being bred uh, particularly uh, in america but now the uk is catching up a bit um so that's been a real learning curve for me on the on the malt and yeast side 
Um, there isn't anything too new, although, again, there's some interesting things happening with yeast as well. Um, but, yeah, I've learned so much about hops uh, in the last few years. So what we're going to do, we've kind of come up with a bit of a menu, some of the guests that have spoken through their favourite dishes, and we're going to talk about almost the art of beer pairing. Before we do it, I wanted to ask, how do you start, in your mind, pairing food with beer? Okay, so there's um, there's the classic, what we call the four C's, uh, words beginning with C. Um, now, beer, I think, is a better drink uh, to use uh, to match with food because of the carbonation of beer versus, you know, wine is generally still. Um, the cleansing effect of beer uh, with the carbonation, doing that cleansing um, is a great thing. So that's the first C. So part of it might be that we're looking for something that's going to cleanse the palate uh, in between courses. Um, then we talk about coordination, and that's simply making sure the intensity of the flavour of the beer matches the intensity of the flavour of the food. And then we can either decide to complement the flavours or contrast uh, the flavours. So those are the other two Cs. Um, and with desserts in particular, uh, we can do both, uh, complement and contrast. So that's when it gets really wild, and I think the best matches for beer and food uh, are with desserts because they're a bit more surprising and a bit more interesting well everybody's heard of like cake and beer nights right so <laughs> yeah it works perfectly so before before we start all of these are kind of like a lot of them are restaurant style dishes is that something christian that you're interested in getting your beer into restaurants because obviously that's what you know the past is really passionate about working with chefs and yes i mean when 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 i go out and, and see people i always uh try and get an angle that our beers lend themselves quite well to um to food in general um there is a, a tendency within craft beer that that um everything uh, has to be really really hoppy these days but i think when 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 beers get too hoppy uh, they start being a little bit more difficult to pair with food because hoppiness can leave your mouth um, quite dry and and uh, and actually almost yeah not destroy your palate but but um, impede it a little bit uh, I believe so I think uh, to toast range of of, of beers um, are a little bit more subtle on mm -hmm. on, uh, on on for instance uh, the hoppiness uh, and um, I think quite balanced as well. So not all the beers that we're going to be talking through are toast, but can you tell me before we do this, which is going to be next now, is the beers that you do have from toast? Well, we uh, we have uh, our, our most recent uh, addition to the range is uh, our American Pale Ale. Uh, we have got uh, a session IPA or Indian pale ale uh, and we have got a uh, lager, a craft lager and we have got uh, a pale ale, more, more English style pale ale. Perfect. So let's begin then. So the first course was the roast dinner, the sort of roast beef. Yeah. Uh, I thought this would probably be a really good one to start because it's, I'd certainly enjoy a nice, nice beer with my Sunday dinner. Uh, what, what beer have you chosen and why? Okay, well, uh, um, I've got a couple of beers for each of the each of the dishes, and only one of the, the ten or so beers is, is a toast uh, beer. I'm not trying to sell toast uh, necessarily. Um, so, toast um, pale ale is uh, going to be one of the beers that goes with a roast dinner. And for me, um, roast meat and roast potatoes means that we should have a beer with plenty of roast malt. Uh, so the beer style that works uh, for a roast dinner is a classic British pale ale or what we would call a bitter sometimes. 
And that's because uh, the beer is generally made with higher proportion of roast malt. Um, traditionally, what we call crystal malt. So that's made from um, barley that's been malted, but is still moist um, when the barley is uh, when the, when it's roasted. And you get this kind of glassy, uh, almost like toffee apple consistency in the malt, and that gives these kind of toffee caramel flavours which go perfectly with uh, with roast meats. And that was the dish that was given to me by uh, by Paul Ainsworth, actually, uh, who was talking about the sort of complexities of, of how much you can actually have on a roast dinner, your vegetables, your sauces, your this. So I suppose a beer that you choose has got to stand out amongst that. Yeah, it's got to be robust enough. Um, so here's when that coordination comes in. It's got to be robust enough uh, not to be swamped by the kind of meats, roast flavours, but we don't want it, like Christian was saying, for this um, dish, I wouldn't have something that's too hoppy um, because that's going to take us in a completely different direction. So I'm really, this, this is where I'm looking for malt-driven flavours uh, to go with the, to the roast flavours. Um, the other local beer here in Leeds um, that would work well um, is from Northern Monk, which is a beer called Faith. Um, that is more hoppy, but it's not kind of ridiculously hoppy like uh, a few of the uh, few of the beers can be so you've got a couple of choices uh, to go for there you know so this is what we need to start breaking down right so i'm quite new to beer and i go in to like a little speciality supermarket or latitude in in leeds which i believe now has toast yes, that's true. which is a fantastic place for beers little leeds beer house is also another fantastic one and i'm looking at the bottles and it's got all these it says hoppy it's this triple ipa it's a, you know how what's something that i can just easily do to distinguish the type of beer that i'm gonna get Okay, so, um, well, there are some formal uh, beer styles with names, but um, people quite often ignore those as well these days. Um, so I guess the first thing to understand is, is the word hoppy. So the hops in beer do two things. They provide bitterness and hop aroma, so two very different things. Um, now, quite a lot of the beers these days will actually tell you the bitterness. So on the label, you might see a thing called IBU, and there'll be a number... Uh, that number is talking about bitterness. Of course, you can't tell the hop aroma from that, but I guess the guys in the store would be, be able to give you some advice. But generally speaking, an IPA, an India Pale Ale, is going to be more bitter uh, with more hop aroma versus a pale ale, um, which is going to have less of both of those things. Having said that, there are some very hoppy pale ales. So I think really you've just got to buy a bottle, open it and try it. That's the only way to find out. <laughs> So the, the second dish, and I was really looking forward to what you were going to pair with this because I've had this dish. Uh, it's the cheese and truffle donuts uh, from Adam Handling and the Frog. Um, so what did you choose for that one? Well, I just wish I'd tried this too. So it just sounds amazing. Um, what cheese? What cheese was it? Do you remember? He does. He, he, well, he changes it in his different restaurants. Oh, okay. So I think he's. I, I'm sure there was certainly a Gruyere in one of them that okay. I tried, yeah. um, and I'm sure there might have even been a Parmesan in one of them. But uh -huh. he has two different restaurants, both with the cheese and truffle, and he uses different in both. So. Yeah, I mean, this, for this one, I just I use my imagination and imagine something really rich and unctuous. And, yeah, kind of super cheesy and the truffles then really giving a lift behind the cheese. So this is quite an intense flavoured uh, dish. So then I want to match that with some intensity in terms of the beer. Um, so for this one, I've gone across to, uh, to Belgium and I've gone for some Trappist, a couple of Trappist beers. 
uh, and not the not the golden ones, but more of the dark um, uh, ones uh, style that uh, is called double. Um, so first of all, um, I've got Westmarler uh, double. It's seven percent ABV, so it's fairly heavy. But again, that kind of matches. I'm imagining the cheese could be could be in that uh, zone as well. <laughs> Uh, but this particular one, it's russet brown. It's got flavours of uh, plums, dates, and I just see that as a real complementary uh, going with the truffle. Um, an alternative would be uh, Rochefort 6, which is a similar thing, a bit stronger still. Uh, but any of those darker uh, Trappist spears, I think, would work uh, here very well. So we're talking a bit about toast christian we're talking about some of the range that you have where do you see kind of the future of of the beer would you like to add more into the range would you like to sort of work in more places yes i mean the the yes. <laughs> to, toast toast uh, as a company is is just over two years old and uh, we we started out just with uh, the 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 pale and uh, now two years later we've got four more beers and we we have got more in 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 the pipeline uh um we are looking at both alcohol-free uh, beers. I would imagine that we might be looking at uh, something a bit seasonal, like a, a stout porter-style uh, beer uh, later on. But but uh, th- there's certainly uh, more more areas to uh, to explore, I'd say. Um, but uh, we don't have any any fixed dates for uh, for any of these yet. So I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a novice, but we've had a bit of backwards and forwards about the types of bread that are in toast. Does it matter what goes in, or, or you know, can you diversify and you know put a sourdough in there, or a... yeah, we can use pretty much any bread. Um, we're not that keen on kind of olive bread or tomato bread, that kind of thing. We need to keep away from. Uh, but we can pretty much use any any bread that's just got kind of regular ingredients. Sourdough. Um, would be we haven't used sourdough yet, but it'd be a great um, bread to use uh, for a sour beer. Um, so we could do a nice Berlin of ice uh, with some sourdough. I think that would work uh, really well. Well, I'll tell you who definitely to talk to is Roops in Leeds because he'll have a lot of bread waste and he makes fantastic sourdough. So if you ever want to get some of your hands on it, I'll send you his number. Could could you di- could you do diversify from bread? Could anything else kind of work? Like didn't you say do- donuts you could even use Christian or something like that? Yeah, I mean, donut is essentially uh, still bread, so you can uh, use anything that's got got flour in it. So uh, I think we've we've even done like a bread and butter pudding, putting uh, a beer in, in in a collaboration. And I think that some of our collaborations uh, that we are having a fair few of uh, now will probably see more beers with with sourdough in them. So um, because we we sort of on a local level we like to work with sort of small local artisan bakeries and brewers so uh, many of those uh, do tend to use more more sourdough so yeah don't i know there's something that you can't talk about in exact detail but how does if i were a business and wanted to collaborate with toast what does that what does that look like what are the sorts of things that you've been doing um, well, we, we approach smaller uh, brewers locally, and sometimes they they approach us, uh, and then we've we've got uh, a, a, a 
quite an uncomplicated uh, contract that we look at. So basically, we uh, require the uh, the brewer uh, that we are we are engaging with to donate five uh, percent of uh, their profits to uh, to charity and five percent uh, to a uh, local charity of uh, of their own choice. Um, and then we uh, set up with Derek uh, if any sort of uh, consultation is is needed in the the process. Uh, not all brewers have, have uh, tried brewing with uh, with bread before, so uh, and and then we basically just just get going, I suppose. That's it. I want to talk about the charity, but let's have the let's have the next dish, and then we'll come to the charity sort of arm. So it was Chantel Nicholson's dish. I think it was her peanut butter pudding. You're smiling every time I'm giving you these dishes. So you like eating it in your head. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I was imagining this one like sticking on the spoon so hard you could hardly get it off the spoon, and then once I got it in my mouth, it was going to stick to the roof of my mouth. And I, as I said earlier, I think desserts are the most fun because this is where we can do those two things. We can try and find something complementary, but also most beer is going to be bitter. So there's going to be some contrasting going on with the, you know, a sweet uh, dessert. Uh, so I was thinking about texture and, and uh, taste here. And I decided to go for fruit beer. And uh, in a way, I hate to say this, but I had to go to Belgium again uh, for these beers. And if I'm pushed, uh, for me, Belgium is, is the centre of the brewing world. Um, so I, I kind of have Belgium in first place, and then it's a close tie between Germany and the UK. So I always put Germany third anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've gone for fruit beer. And then you can get different fruit beers. They can be dry um, or sweet. Um, so the, the kind of a bit more of a commercial one, is uh, Lindemann's uh, Framboise, and that's quite a sweet uh, fruit beer, um, but really nice. Um, but the one that I would recommend as a beer standalone is uh, the Creek uh, that's done by uh, Cantillon. Um, and now it's a tradition in Belgium that you're allowed to have a little dish of sugar uh, next to your beer, and you can add your own little bit of sugar if you find the beer too dry. So if you're going to try the Cantillon Creek, I would have a couple of sugar cubes or a little bit of sugar just next to you. And if you want to sweeten it up, there's nothing wrong uh, with doing that. Um, yeah, so with the peanut butter, you've obviously got the taste of, of peanuts and a, quite a kind of heavy, in a way, um, texture. And for me, the fruit is going to lift this dish. Uh, so there you've got a kind of uh, a contrast going on. And with the, uh, with the framboise, you've got the sweetness um, complementing the sweetness of the dish with the cantillon you've got something quite dry and I personally I would leave it dry I wouldn't put the sugar in it um, and then that's going to play, play um, mind games with your taste buds definitely so I don't know um, if either of you know much about Chantel. She's a really interesting chef and she's really interested. She's just released a book called Planted, which is all about plant-based vegan cookery. That's how Christian and I met. And it's all, I suppose it's important to point out that toast is all vegan too. Yes, it is indeed. Um, well, it it's actually only a, a recent... Um, yeah, thing that that uh, we've become uh, uh, vegan, but that has got to do with uh, the filtration of of the beer. So basically, um, icing glass, which is normally used for filtration uh, of, of beer, um, is of course uh, fish fish, uh, and um, we've we've started using a, a different process that doesn't uh, involve uh, animals. 
That's very, that's, well, that's very pleasing. That's, I definitely think it's the way that the market is, is going. And before we started that, we were talking about the charity arm. And I was really interested to know kind of why you chose to sort of do that and, well, well, first and, and foremost, uh, it's important to say that, that, that Toast is here to, to create brilliant beer. Uh, but our co-founder, uh, Tristram Stewart, uh, is uh, heading a, uh, a charity called Feedback. And they operate not just in, in, in the UK, but uh, across uh, a fair few countries. And uh, um, he actually tasted uh, a bread-based beer uh, called Babylon a few years back. And as he obviously is uh, very much aware uh, and had been working with with bread as food waste. He thought it was actually a brilliant idea to uh, to upscale this. So so Toast is a for profit company. Uh, however, all our profits go uh, straight back to uh, feedback. Um, so they can do what they're good at at basically campaigning uh, instead of uh, having to to go around sort of um, yeah. Uh, fetching money left, right, and centre all the time. So just, just really briefly, just say, tell me what feedback actually, kind of what the mission is and what the purpose is. Well, well, the the, the mission is basically to rid all food waste. Uh, if we're looking at, at food waste. Uh, as a country, uh, only China and America uh, is actually producing more CO2 than, than food waste uh, is doing. So we've got a serious issue here, not just uh, CO2-wise, but when uh, food waste starts to uh, degrade, it actually uh, emits uh, methane gas as well, which in, in, in some ways are, are worse than, than CO2. So, so um, feedback is actually campaigning not just sort of uh, on the ground, but also uh, on government level and even EU level. So uh, I'm aware that, that certain regulations have actually been changed already thanks to uh, feedback's uh, cam- wow. campaign work. Wow, that's really impressive. I'll tell you what I like, and I think you might like this, Derek, about this menu that we've got. It's quite a lot of these are things that you would potentially have in quite a decent pub, right? And no much more so than the Scotch egg. And that's got to be a fantastic dish to pair with beer, surely. Yes, and in fact, uh, this is probably the most flexible one. I think you could just choose your own beer to go with this. It's going <laughs> to work. Uh, but yeah, I had to come up with a pairing for this, and it was just an excuse uh, to get uh, Saison in the mix um now for the last five years uh, everyone has been making saison i wonder if people are getting a bit uh, tired of it and wanting to move on but i love this beer style um, people use the word funky which yeah it can mean anything but you've got almost a sour flavor you've got some great botanicals that a lot of people are using uh, particularly some citrus also some herbal uh, notes uh, i was imagining a kind of regular scotch egg um, but then quite these, often these days people are making like super spicy uh, scotch eggs with chilli or other, other things. Um, so from a local point of view, um, I figured that a beer called Trickster from uh, Meanwood uh, might go with a super powerful, strong uh, scotch egg. It's 7.3% ABV. Um, it's high bitterness. So there's a risk here that it'll overwhelm your scotch eggs. So I get the most powerful scotch egg you can find <laughs> and then try that. Um, but the standard, uh, if you want to try Saison, if you've tried it before or if, or if you haven't, uh, the standard that everyone, I think, should be looking at is uh, Saison Dupont. 
so again, sorry, it's another Belgian, uh, another Belgian beer, <laughs> uh, but this one will make you think of um, damp earth. Uh, you can almost imagine the, the Belgian or French uh, farmer uh, making this beer uh, for his um, his workers. It's kind of herbal as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's the that's the pair for the uh, Scotch egg. But like I said, pretty much if you, if you like your uh, beer in your local pub, just get that and try that with your Scotch egg. It's probably going to work. Certainly with um, toast and a lot of these sort of indie producers. Well, you have like do you have like a stockists list on your website, or do you have the best way to find where to buy the? Yes, we we do indeed. Uh, you can go straight onto uh, to Toastdale's website, and we've got. Uh, uh, list of stockists but also uh divided into where you know it's bars or even uh there's, there's a couple of uh supermarkets where you can uh, buy a limit a limited range of, of oh, beers oh that's really good and it's that's all over because obviously like i say you're the yorkshire arm but that's all over the uk it is indeed yes oh, perfect well, that's very good so this is the last dish the least probably like i say maybe pub star probably a little bit more classic uh, it was a scallop dish from Tom Aitkins, um, and he said, in, you know, cooked in the shell with butter. He was very precise about this. So I hope you've been precise about your pairing. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the this is a classic uh, food and beer uh, matching with with pretty much most uh, shellfish. So everyone probably knows about oysters and stout. Um, I've gone for porter. Um, so. Again, these kind of classic beer definitions are getting blurred and twisted. Um, but porter originally was came along first. So historically, porter was named after the London porters who were doing all the manual work in Billingsgate Market and other markets. And they needed something relatively light in alcohol, but something that was robust enough and interesting enough to drink uh, to keep them going on the job. So porter was invented in London and the London water was perfect for making porter. Um, and some other guy came along later and he decided to make a strong version. He called it stout porter. And then porter was dropped from stout porter, so that's how stout came about. So anyway, with this, with this uh, scallop dish, I think stout is too, too much. So again, I want to coordinate the intensity. Um, so I've gone for porter. Um, years ago, I used to brew uh, Murphy's Stout in Cork, and many happy memories... So at an emotional level, I've just gone for Murphy's uh, Stout. So smooth, creamy. Uh, it's brewed with uh, chocolate malt, not roasted barley. So the chocolate malt gives kind of chocolate coffee hints and is nothing like as harsh as um, like a Guinness would be. So I think, yeah, the, the scallop here is going to be kind of soft. It hasn't been seared as such. It's been cooked in the shell. Um, so I think this, the Murphy's Stout, although it's called Stout, um, for me, is more like a porter, and there's enough cleansing there um, to get you ready for the next mouthful of, uh, of scallop. And then again, more of an emotional choice. Um, having been brought up in London and loving the Fuller's uh, Brewery, um, I've gone for Fuller's uh, London Porter uh, for no other reason than uh, it's from my hometown. <laughs> so what, what I've loved as we've been doing this, you really have been smiling at the pairings that you come up with. You've really been imagining the food. So this is going to be a difficult question for you. If you had to pick one of these as a perfect or your ideal food and beer pairing that you've done, which would you choose? Well, that is a really hard uh, question. The one I would like to try is the cheese and truffle uh, donuts. <laughs> um, but to an extent, that's an experimental uh, pairing. I'm sure it would work, but I've never really done it in practice. 
Uh, but I'd go back to the roast beef uh, dinner um, and just find a really good pale ale. It doesn't have to be toast pale ale. Just find a pale ale that, that uh, you know and love or try a new one. And that is going to be 100% nailed on guaranteed uh, food and beer match. Seeing as this is the toast episode, though, we can say preferentially <laughs> try <laughs> toast, right? Uh, Christian, give a shout out to socials and websites and where people can find more about you know what you guys are doing. Uh, well, we, we are obviously on uh, on on Twitter and uh, Instagram and, uh, and and Facebook. So uh, you know, watch watch those spaces for uh, for more information. There's, I can certainly assure that there's loads of, of, of updates there all the time. So uh, is it all under Toast Ale? Uh, Mainly, yes, yes, yeah. it is, it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. And what I'll do when we put this episode out, we'll put the links to all the social media so everybody can kind of connect through from one another um, we always do the pass clear down at the end of each series it's an amazing way to end the series amazing way to thank all the guests that we've had so we started with Paul Ainsworth Adam Handling Chantal Nicholson Callum Franklin and Tom Aikens can remember all that and now I've added on you two fantastic gentlemen thank you so much what a fantastic chat cheers guys no thank worries you. it's been a pleasure thank you <laughs> Thank you so much to our sponsors, SousVTools.com. Make sure to check out their website, as their range includes not just sous vide, but vacuum sealers, smoking guns, food dehydrators, barbecues, and much, much more. And don't forget, there's a special discount code, THEPASS, which is all one word, all in capitals, and that will allow you for special discount to all the Pass podcast listeners. Thank you very much for listening, and please check out our exclusive series, our exclusive episodes that are going to be going up soon at suvitools.com. And while you're there, have a little browse.